The following presentation was recorded live at the River Worship Center in Warsaw, Indiana. We now join the message already in progress. Amen. Well, praise God. We're glad that uh, you're joining us here today. Um, had a little technical faux pas, and now we're coming back on live. So thank you for joining us. And by the way, um, if we don't uh, see you or talk to you before then, um, happy Thanksgiving. And so remember, every day is the day that the Lord has made, and we should be glad and rejoice in it and give thanks always. Amen? Amen. All right. And so in, in um, the, the verse for the year, and it has been a wonderful stanchion that has held us tight in troubled times. Amen? Amen. In Matthew chapter 22, verse number 37, it, it says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Right? And in verse number 38, he said, this is the first and great commandment. And we know that it is. Yet we aren't very good at following it. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many of us this year, even knowing this verse and this great command from Jesus, how many of us have oftentimes put other things in front of the Lord? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that, that's a hard one, but we do. Give me the, the next slide, if you would. Now, those of you, those of you who are not with us today, um, sorry, we've actually got um, in, the, in the PowerPoint and, 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 and notes, sorry that you chose not to be here today, but get the audio, it'll help you. Um, but uh, today we've got, we're going to talk about, I, I, and I was telling, I was telling uh, um, um, Corey this week that we are, we, the, if I were to title this, it is the, the Lost last generation today we're going to cover the lost generation and then on wednesday night now i don't know if you all getting anything out of wednesday night but i had been struggling with this message for a couple of weeks now uh, you know, i haven't I haven't preached since the 31st of, of of october so and pastor burkhart used to say he didn't have the preacher's itch but he had the itch to preach and so and i've been i'm in and, and all of a sudden I've been. I've had the. I've had the context. I had the message. I had the scriptures, and I was waiting for one little thing. How many of you? How many of you ever seen those great Roman arches that they built? And, and and you know, have you ever tried to? You ever tried to take blocks and stack them into an arch? And and they, what what happens? They fall. You know. You know why they fall? Because there's no keystone. Gravity makes an arch one of the strongest architectural. Features, gravity makes it strong because they're pulling against each other and they can't fall. But if you look at the very top of the arch, there's a keystone that all the rest of the blocks fit against. And they're all trying to, I mean, they're all going to be like people at Walmart on Black Friday. They're all going to try to get the same Game Boy and only, and only a handful is going to get it. Just think about, you know, think about your basic geometry when you're, when you're seeing this. But, but the arch, the arch is the strongest of, of, of structures. Even today, they use arches in, in modern archaeology, in modern engineering. Arches are, are commonly used because they're strong. All right? Isn't it, isn't it amazing how Solomon said there's nothing new un, un, under the sun? 
you know, he, had, he's, he, he was old, man, he saw, but nothing new under the sun. We're still using technology that was used by the Romans. <laughs> Something else you want to see, you want to, you want to go to, you want to go over to England, and, you know, when they, when they lift the pandemic travel ban, you want to go to England, look at the Roman roads that they're still using today, and, and look at the roads that they have to tear up around here about every other, every other month or so. You know, all right, just want to throw that out there, but Roman walls. There's still, in a, in a little town called Bath, there's still Roman baths that you, you could, if you want to, it's got mineral springs in it, but it's kind of it's tepid, the water's kind of tepid. They, you know, if they just put a little stirring circuit in there, it'd be fine, but, you know, but for thousands of years, these Roman baths have been there. Right? So, oh, all right. So today... Oh, let me, get, let me finish my story. Man, man, keep me on track. Don't, don't let me get on a rabbit trail down to Rome. But keep me on track here. So I've had this, I've had this message for uh, you know, a couple, three weeks. You know, Pastor Rob was sitting here, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I've got my notes, and I'm going through, you know. And, and, and Pastor Corey's been ministering. I'm sitting there, and I've got my notes. And Wednesday night, Wednesday night, did that bless you Wednesday night? Wednesday night, the final, the final piece, the keystone of the entire message fell right in my lap, right there on, on the first row, Wednesday night. I'm taking notes, and all of a sudden, it was like, boom, there it is. You know? It was like right there. And it all came together. And you're going to, and I'm, I'm going to, I hope that today, that when we leave out of here today, we're talking about the lost generation. Would you agree, and, and, and it's really, really kind of a rhetorical thing, but would you agree that this generation is probably one of the worst generations since generations have been tabulated? I mean, my mom and dad, they, you know, they were lost in the 50s. You know, they loved the 50s. They loved the, the, the Cadillacs with the big fin, you know, fenders and and, and, and they loved all, everything, that, you know, the sock hops and all that. You know, another generation came along and, and they thought that the 60s was the greatest generation. And another generation came along and they thought the 70s was the greatest generation. Another generation, you know, and, and all the way down through time, you know, people of the roaring 20s, the 40s, whatever, they all thought their generation was the greatest generation. And we look around us today and we see this generation is so lost and so confused. And we have to ask ourselves, how did we get here? How did we get here? Well, let me presuppose then that, that one of the reasons and one of the ways that we've got here is we've tried to make righteousness outside of or beside of or in another way from God. Righteousness is only found in God. If you try to make rules and regulations aside from God and his divine providence, you will come up with political correctness. And what does political correctness do? It changes every time the wind changes direction. It changes every time, you know, one of the woke ambassadors changes their undergarments. Oh, I don't like the fruit in the, in the, in the tag on, on, on my boxers. I, I think we should ban fruit because fruit has feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm being facetious on purpose. But if there's no standard of righteousness, then what we have is 
everything is right in my eyes, and my rights count and your rights don't. And we've seen this for better than a year, where everyone, even, even the fake president himself, everyone blamed a young man as a terrorist, as a racist, as a, and, the, and the whole nation swallowed it hook, line, and sinker. Now, this isn't, about, this isn't about Mr. Rittenhouse. This is about righteousness. In America, at least as the one I grew up in and the one I remember, we are innocent until we are proven guilty. Again, based on the Roman Congress and the Roman Senate. The, we are innocent until we are proven guilty. But today, you can be guilty in the court of public opinion, and they're already ready to rail you out. I, 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 don't see, I don't see a contrast in how someone can be, they can consider someone innocent by burning down buildings and looting and taking everything and causing what they consider mostly peaceful protest, unquote, with the city burning behind them, mostly peaceful, and call someone who took a stand a terrorist. Someone who took a stand. Amen? Amen? In the last days, men will call evil good and good evil. Jesus said, know you're in the last days. Right. Amen? Amen? One of the saddest, one of the saddest verses in all of Scripture can be found in the book of Judges. You don't have this one. After the death of Israel's last judge, and after the, after the tribe of Benjamin, and we went through this, we went through this in our daily Bible reading, so after the, 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 the tribe of Benjamin found for themselves no inheritance, they went through and took for themselves multiple wives so that they might have an inheritance in the land. And it comes in Judges 21, 25, and it says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? Today, America has turned her back on God. We elected a junior senator from Illinois. And he declared in of God and the world that America is not a Christian nation. I beg to differ. America was founded on Christian fundamentals. We were founded because a group of people was being persecuted by a government and they fled to the Netherlands. They, were, they couldn't have Bibles. They couldn't have, they couldn't have Bible studies. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't have home Bible study. They couldn't have their independent churches. And so they fled and they looked for a place where they could find and worship the God of their Bible the way they saw fit. Mm -hmm. 
right? And in or about 1618, they made a contract and they took their lives in their own hands on a tiny little boat that we know as the Mayflower. <clears throat> and when they, after their perilous journey, half of the people that left from England would die. That's pretty risky. If I were to tell you we're, we've got a new land where there is, no, there is no wokeness and there is no blaming people for nothing until they're found guilty. If I, if, I, if I tell you that there's a place where we can worship God as we see fit and as the Bible commands, and, and, but, but we're, and we're going to go there and everybody signs up and then I say, but wait, half of you will die before we reach that land. Some may be like, uh, ee, ee, um, uh, 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 wait a minute, I, 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 I got to go, you know, make sure my guinea pig's okay. But that's what they did. That's what they did. Horrible conditions. Horrible, horrible, you know, um, uh, um, passage. Worst time of the year to be on the Atlantic. But they got here. And we're thankful that they did. We're thankful that they did. Now, there are some people who can, who can find the cloud in front of every silver lining. And they're going to say, oh, but they did this. Oh, but they did that. Oh, but they did this. And they did that. And, and, and they, they cheated the indigenous peoples that were here. And they... You know, first off, if you, if you really want to talk about cheating the indigenous peoples, maybe we need to go back and, and talk about Eric the, Eric the Horrible, the, the Vikings that came here first. Maybe, just maybe, if you get your facts right, you, you, you can blame the right people. Just saying. But we don't care about details, and we don't care about facts anymore. In America, it's all about our opinion. In America, it's all about the all about the, the censors of Facebook and, 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 and Google and YouTube. Well, let me just tell you, the censors for Facebook and Google and YouTube are not righteous. There is a righteous God, and we will stand before him one day. And he's keeping an account. Whether you choose to believe it or not makes no difference. We will stand before the true and living God. Okay. <clears throat> so everyone did that which right, was right in their own eyes. Turn with me now to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some scripture, and then I'm going to give you points, but then I'm going to give you scripture to back it up. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. But know this, and then this is the Apostle Paul giving instruction to Timothy and his young church. But know this. In the last days, perilous times will come. Now, I don't understand how a guy who was shipwrecked three times, beaten with rods, you know, several times, they tried to kill him. They had to let him down in, in a basket. They stoned him and left him for dead. And he's telling us, in the last days, you know, uh, Brother Phil, perilous times are coming. Any of us, any of us been beaten with rods? 
Any of us been shipwrecked? Any of us been stoned and left for dead? With rocks, not the other way. And left for dead? What on earth is the Apostle Paul saying? Perilous times are coming. Mm. For many will be lovers in themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Wait a minute. We can see all that other stuff. But there is a call to holiness in this day and age. Not preached about, not talked about, but there's a call. Jesus, the Lord said, be ye holy for I am holy. We're missing it. Some of us are missing the mark. And I think that there are going to be there are going to be teachers and ministers and pastors that are going to give an account because they did not equip the saints. And the saints means there is a righteous requirement that is going to be meted out. And are we, are we, when we're weighed in the balance, are we going to be found wanting? You say, well, I didn't know. I didn't. How was I to know? Well, everybody has a copy of their Bible. Everybody can get multiple copies on their phone even if it's a free government phone. One writer said, you're without excuse, O humanity. You're going to be without excuse. Unloving, verse number three, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Despisers of good. Anybody read the headlines lately? Despisers of good. Not just, not just people that want to run from the good, not just people that want to hide from the good, uh, but despise that which is good. Verse number four, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such, people turn away. Having a form of godliness, they, they have rules and regulations and, and you have to ask what you can say and what you can't say. Oh, is that wrong? Is that right? You're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to... You know, one of the things that... that messes it with me is that what is what is right for me they, they've got a they've somebody made a, a comment the other day you know um um, um what was it uh, rules for for thee but not for me and you've seen the hypocrisy of our leaders you've seen them you must be jabbed you must be masked you must be and then they jet off to to florida on vacations they have lavish parties they do whatever they want to do and it's the little people that are paying for it they have a form of godliness. You, 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 but not me. You, but not me. This is the lost generation, folks. This is the lost generation. That form of godliness, the form of godliness means that they have to have rules 
for society to abide by, but they do not produce righteousness and they do not produce holiness. As a matter of fact, they produce segregation and separation. This is, this is the time in which we live. Anybody agree? So if we're listening to the Apostle Paul talk to young Pastor Timothy, then we know then that we are living in the last days. Amen? So what have we seen? In these last days, we no longer serve only Jesus. Next slide, please. We no longer, no longer serve only Jesus. We no longer believe the Holy Scripture. We no longer move in the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And we no longer recognize the voice of God, the voice of the Lord. You know, we have been given very concrete evidence of what happens to people and generations who do these things. Let's take a look. We no longer serve only our Lord. Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3. I'm going to try to get through these quickly. Wednesday night, we're talking about the last generation. This is the lost generation. Um, Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. No football games. Not work. Anything that would take you out of God's house is an idol. You shall have no other gods before me. We no longer serve only our Lord, do we? I remember the time when families used to make all efforts, every effort to come to church together. Welcome to the last days. <clears throat> you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is, that is in heaven above or it is in the earth, in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. I guess the Lord convicts those who chase those little green fish, as we have eloquently heard. And thank God for conviction Amen. that leads us unto righteousness, allows us to live in holiness. Amen? You shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I the Lord now if you're looking in your scriptures right now the Lord is capitalized in the English and that means Jehovah our Hebrew historians would not even write the name they would get to this point in their scripture when they would in, in their translating of the, of the scriptures they would put their pen down and they would go and bathe themselves and they would come back and write the, 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 out the um, letters, the initials of his name. Do we take 
the name of the Lord that serious? I think not. I see Christians blaspheming his name by saying, oh my God. OMG. Why is it that the world doesn't use, well, some of them are now, but why is it that the world doesn't use, you know, uh, uh, Vladimir Putin's name as a curse word? Why is it that the name of Jesus has been made a curse word? Or, or God has been called, and been called the dammer. He's the blesser. He's the healer. He's my Savior. And His name is to be revered among the nations. Amen. If you're a Christian and you're doing that, you need to repent. Right. And if you were in the Old Testament, I would say get your sackcloth and ashes on and sit there until, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, until you know that you've had forgiveness. For I am the Lord your God. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now that used to, we used to have people, we got people that are not here today. Well, I don't hate God. Why aren't you in his house? What are you worshiping today that's keeping you from his house? Maybe it's your bed. Maybe Sunday's your only day to sleep in. Maybe it's your television. Maybe it's your boat. Maybe it's your golf game. Maybe, it, maybe it's your spouse. Whatever is keeping you from being in the house of the Lord, worshiping the house of the Lord, you know, as, Hebrew, as Hebrews 10 and 25 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Whatever you have is an idol, and you've been worshiping an idol on the God with one hand, because I love you, Lord, and holding on to your own will in the other, your idol of self, and now, now it's coming down to the end. You're going to have to choose you this day who you will serve. If God be God, serve him but if but if Baal be God serve him we can't play around anymore the time is short how many people have gone out to face a righteous God and they had an unholy communion with a little God a God of their own making a God you can hold in your hand little green fish or deer in the woods Just want to throw that out there. We, we no longer serve only the Lord our God. Amen? To the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. I've, talked, I've got a friend. I know him. And, and he, he, he avows that he does not believe in God. His son avows that he does not believe in God. His children, his grand, the, the original person's grandchildren, are not believing in God. The word of God is true. Let God be true and every man alive. Can you imagine this man, this grandfather, when he wakes up in hell one day and his grandchildren are with him and his great-grandchildren are with him and they say, Papa, why didn't you tell us? Papa, why didn't you, why didn't you do this? Why did you chase after the, 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 the racing, the softball games? Why did you do all this and didn't take us and tell us about Jesus? Some of y'all might need to listen to Aphabel again. 
Because hell is real. And we are living in the end of days. Amen? Is that too strong? Is that, is that, I mean, I, I want to, I wish I had time to, 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 to tenderfoot around it. I wish I really would. But you know what? You can't love on people anymore. We've tried being, we've tried, uh, the river has tried and tried and tried to love on people. We've given people chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. We, we had a guy that was ran out of another church because he had a testimony and they wouldn't let him. Remember, he, wouldn't, they, he wanted to give his testimony and they said no. They said, why don't you get into one of our small groups? And, 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 and he said, but the Lord laid it on my heart to share what he'd done for me. And, 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 I, and I was sitting there with him and I said, listen, come on over. We want to know what God's in people's lives. I wish he would still be as connected as he was. But once he did that, you know, when you stand up for the Lord, the devil's going to come after you. And little things are going to get in your way. Little things that don't mean nothing in eternity are going to get in your way. And if you're not careful, they'll turn you aside. If you're not careful, they'll turn you aside. And, and you'll, not be, you'll be wandering and away from home. And as far as I know, that man's family is still not saved. What's my advice to him? Come home. Come home. The writer of the song said, softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling all who sin. Come home. You see, the church isn't someone that sets themselves up here. The church is a hospital for the hurting. We've all been hurt. We've all been hurt by church. We've all, we've all stumbled. The best expression, the best explanation of the church that I can find today is that we are just beggars who have found bread, telling other beggars where they can find bread too. That's it. We were those who were beaten and bruised and wounded and were thrown off into the ditch by, by church, by society, by the legal system. And someone came along beside us and dressed and bandaged our wounds and put us in their own car and said, here, let me help you. And they made a way and they took care of us and they nursed us back to health. And they said to the innkeeper, yeah, I'm going to go on my journey, but when I come back, if there's anything more that he owes you, I'll take care of it. You see, that's the driving force behind the river because we have all been in the ditch. We have all been wounded. We have all been hurt. That's why the Samaritan in that case had the oil, had the bandages, had an extra little, little purse with him. And that's why we keep oil and the bandages and, and, and a little extra with us so that when you are find yourself wounded, you can come home and we will take care of you at the river. Amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling Calling all sinners, come home. The time is short. John chapter 6, 60. You see, we no longer serve only the Lord. John chapter 6, verse 60. 
Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And so you'll get false prophets and false prophetess saying, they're not teaching it right. They're not preaching it right. That's not the way we understand it. You, don't, you need to get out of there now because your life can be so much more miserable when you leave here. Oh, wait, they left out the miserable part. Some were getting help. Some were being hope. They had hope in their life for the first time. And some Jezebel spirit came along and said, oh, they're not doing it right. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And I don't believe and I don't and I don't this and I don't that. And if you do, you, you, they're not preaching it right. You need to go. You need to go somewhere else. And most of them that she drug off are worse now than they were when they were here. God was blessing. God was moving. God was healing in their own lives. And yet they believed a lie. Your Bible says if you'll believe a lie, you'll be damned. And some were just close to being saved. Some were close to being in. And now they're further away from the Lord than they've ever been in their lives. Lost and on their way to a devil's hell. Because they believed one person. And when his disciples heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when, and when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? And notice Jesus saying, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say, well, oh, if that offends you, I'll change my doctrine. Oh, I'm sorry, preaching the Bible offends you. Let me, let me get another book. You know, I've got a Reader's Digest back there in the library. Maybe, maybe, we can, we can talk, you know, maybe we can talk about, you know, I don't know, Thomas the Train. That might not offend people. Yeah. Maybe, we can, maybe we can talk about some other thing that you won't find offensive. Brace yourself. I'll probably get before the elder board on this one. Suck it up, snowflake. Jesus said, does that offend you? If the word of God offends you, you're just going to be offended. Now, if I do something stupid and, and I'm prone to and I offend you, then, then, then I can make it right. But if the word of God is what's offending you, then you need to come up to where the word of God is because it's clearly identifying that there's something in your life that doesn't come up to standard. And Jesus goes, does this offend you? He said, what then if you should see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. You know, I wish, I wish that people would get a hold of this. I wish that people listening would get a hold of this. The Word of God that Jesus spoke, it is spirit and it is life. You want to start living, then get your nose out of the news, out of the internet, out of Facebook, and get it into life. Amen. 
That's a hard teaching for today because everybody's addicted to, to their phones and everybody's addicted to, 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 to the, the Internet. You know, Brother Summerall saw that coming back in 1980. Remember the vision of the blue, the blue, the blue demon, the blue-faced demon. Back in 1980, when, when, when Lord gave Dr. Summerall that vision, your TV, when it, when the, when the, you know, at midnight, when they played the national anthem and the, and the TV screen went blank, all you had was static. Shh. But he saw people being walked, walking around, being led by a blue-faced demon, a blue-faced devil, and they believed everything that he said. They did everything that he said. This was in 1980. Now, if we'd had the presence of mind to you know, invest in cell phones and invest in tablets and invest in computers back then, it maybe, maybe, you know, we'd be a little better off today, just saying. But every device that you have today, they turn off these monitors, guess what? They turn off the computer to these monitors, what color? Your cell phone? Your tablets? In 1980, the Lord showed Brother Summerall you're not going to be here in 2021, but here's what they're going to be doing. People are going to be, there was a guy, there, there, there was a, they, they make, there's a rule in New York City that you can't be texting at the crosswalk. Guy walked out in front of a bus, didn't see it coming, didn't, he was just walking. It's exactly what Brother Sumrall said. They would be following so blindly and they'll, do, they'll believe everything that it says. Got to move on because I, I know I know people like to defend their devils. Might as well face it. You're addicted to technology. All right. Anyway, Amen. Somebody got it. All right. There was there was an undertone and somebody picked it up. All right. I gotta hurry. But there are some of you who are not able to believe. There are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the very from the beginning who they were who who did not believe and who would betray him. Now, again, he's not changing his tone. And Spurgeon made this comment to, to, in his generation. I wish that people who were going to accept Jesus would have a yellow X put on their back. That way we wouldn't waste time. But do you realize that not everyone is going to heaven? Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe. He knows people today. Oh, they live good lives and they... And they're good to their family. And as my one friend said, you know, I don't drink, I don't, I don't gamble, I don't take from my family, I provide, I'm a provider. Do you love the Lord? Is, do you have the Lord in your life? Are you in a relationship with Jesus? Because that's the only thing that will matter very shortly. <clears throat> and he said, therefore... I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by my Father. Now, I'm dealing with some people right now that says there are many ways to come to Jesus. 
there are come to heaven. There are many ways to God. There are many ways. And that's a false, that's a false doctrine that Oprah put out there and, the, and, and a lot of people have been, have been pushing. There are many ways to God. Let me just clarify for you. Let me give you a little commentary on that doctrine and that belief system. Everyone will stand before God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and the door. No one enters into the sheepfold except through me. Everyone will stand before God. Many will be rejected. That's a tough truth for this day of when everybody wants it to have it their own way. I'm sorry. Sorry for those of you who misunderstood God to be burdened. He's not, and you don't get it your way. Even at Burger King now, you try to get it your way, you don't get it your way. Try it. Things change. People move on. They realize that y'all are hard to please. So anyway, and you didn't get offended at Burger King. Why you get offended at the church? I just throw that in there. That little, that little comment just came. You, you know, Burger King says, no, you can't have it your way no more. And, and you still go back and get your Whopper or your Junior Whopper or your BK Fish or your Broiler, whatever you're getting. I don't know. Don't do there a lot. You still go there. Yet the pastor tells you something out of God's word that you don't like, and, and you're going to go get three or four other people, and you're going to, hey, I, hey we're, going, we're going to find this another church where they don't preach the Bible. We're going to, we're going to take our family, and, and, and we're going to take you know, grandma and grandpa, and we're going to take 20 other people, and we're going to leave church. I don't like what they're saying. I don't like that they're telling me that I've got, got to be righteous and holy. I can act any old way I want to. I can act a fool. And they talk to me about it. I don't like that. So I'm going to take 20, 20 some people and I'm going to leave the church. Be careful. Be careful. Because according to the word, if you took 20 people out of here, you're responsible for their soul. You're responsible for their discipleship. You're responsible. Hmm? Might want to get over into Ezekiel. Where he talks about their blood is on your hands. You think we do this because we want to? We do this because we're called, we're compelled. We don't have a choice in this matter. If I'm going to live holy and righteous and obedient before the Lord, I have to tell you the truth. I have to love you enough to tell you the truth. What thus says the word of God. Amen? And from that time on, if you don't have verse number 66 highlighted, I would highlight this. Here Jesus is saying that nobody can come to him just because they want to. Here Jesus is saying that unless God calls you, you ain't going to come anyway. Here's Jesus saying, you know, you've been wanting to play around. You've been, you've been doing all kinds of other things. He goes, some of you may have passed your only opportunity to come. We believe that, God's, that God will give every man, woman, boy, or girl a chance. He said of that woman Jezebel over in, in Revelation chapter 2 and 3, he said of that woman Jezebel, he gave her space and time to repent, and she repented not. If you look at Pharaoh and the ten plagues of Pharaoh, five times Pharaoh hardened his own heart, five times God hardened his heart. Don't you just play around with God. Don't you play around with this gospel because you can't come to him unless the Spirit draws you. 
And you can't come to, and the Spirit won't draw you unless the Father sends him and says, hey, you know what, I, I'm, I'm looking at that person that's looking at this screen, and, and, and they, need, they need me. Would you go, go touch their heart? How many times have you felt compelled to be in the house of the Lord and you felt a tugging and you felt a drawing to be in the house of the Lord? How many times? And then all of a sudden you say, oh, I'll just wait, it'll pass. That was the Holy Spirit being sent of God to draw you. Hey, maybe today. Why not today? Why not make it right today? Why not get back today? You, know, you, you, you used to go out there. You know how the Lord was moving. You know how God was moving in your life. Yeah, God was blessing you beyond measure. Got you out of a trailer park and into a beautiful home like you desired. The Lord told you, just name whatever you want. And within a half hour, the, the, the call came. You, your prayer was answered. How about just getting back into God's house? You keep rejecting God and pretty soon you won't be able to hear God anymore. We're not hearing his voice. We're not serving only him. From that time on, many of us went back. Now watch this. And walked with him no more. Be careful. Be careful thinking that I can come back anytime I want. Be careful. Because the devil will make you not want to. Amen? Then he said to the twelve, do you, want to, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have also come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen? You know, too many people, especially in America, believe that they can just go wherever they want. But the Bible says, your Bible says that God has put you in the body. That means he's placed you where he saw fit, not where we see fit. And he's placed us in some places sometime at one time or another. I asked him, Lord, what are you doing? And he said, be quiet and listen and learn. And I'm standing here today ministering to, to, to these people and to those of you because what God brought us through he was positioning us and conditioning us for this very hour. Everything that we went through, the hateful, nasty, mean pastors, the over-loving and wonderful good pastors, the pastors that would rather beat the sheep than, than to tend to them, all that God brought together in a culmination of this, that we should love the sheep, we should feed the sheep, we should tend his lambs. Amen? All right. We've got to make sure we're hearing his voice. Serving only Jesus. And then the next point is we... Next scripture. We no longer believe the Holy Scriptures. We no longer believe the Holy Scriptures. I wish this wasn't going to be the epitaph on Amer the American church, but it is. This right here. A church that does not believe the writing of the God that they serve is not a church. Cannot be a saving station. Cannot be a station for healing. Cannot, be, cannot give hope in an angry world. Cannot give hope in, in, in a world turned upside down because they're clinging 
to their own beliefs rather than the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 53, the prophet writes, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Well, let me just tell you, it's not the White House. It's not Jin Psaki. It's not anybody else. It is God doesn't do a thing unless he first reveals it to his prophets. Amen. And the church has the, the, the insight and the knowledge on what's going on. Believe you me, the church will know before God moves. Amen. But we, don't long, we no longer believe the scripture. We, as John Bevere has said, we read what we believe. And we refuse to believe all that we read. We read only to support our beliefs and only to support our thesis and only to support our, our lifestyle. There are people living contrary to the word of God and they'll cut out everything else and live only under the grace and love chapters. And they're going to stand before a righteous God one day and he's going to say, depart from me because I don't know you. Let me tell you, you better get into the full counsel. You better learn to rightly divide the word of truth and apply it first here then there. You can't live do as I say and not as I do, my grandfather used to say. In Romans chapter 10, verse 16. But they have, not, they have not obeyed the gospel. They have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say to you, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth and their words to the end of the world. There's been enough gospel. There's been enough preaching. There's been enough teaching that had they only heard and believed the world would be saved. What a different place this would be if everyone loved the Lord. We wouldn't have any rules. We wouldn't have any need for political correctness. We wouldn't have any need for bills governing hate crimes. Somebody does a crime against you, they, they, I, don't, I, don't, I don't suppose that they love you. I mean, we speak, don't we? A hate crime. We wouldn't have any need for that. Next, the, the church today no longer moves in the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, this was a promise of Jesus. Jesus promised this. In Acts 1 and 8, he said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth, even in Warsaw, Indiana. Amen? You're going to receive power. Dunamis power. It's too bad that churches don't believe that. It's too bad they don't preach that anymore. 
It's too bad that they've tried to reason it away and say, well, that's how they, that's how they went on their journeys and that's how they went on their, on their missionary journeys and that's how the gospel got throughout all the whole world. Let me just tell you something. When you, when, you, when you take the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost of God, and you take the Holy Spirit and you make him so small that all he is is a motivational speak, speech and a motivational speaker, then, then, then why do we need the Holy Ghost? We could have TED Talks. I mean, if that's in Amway, would have would have been would have would have ruled the world. You see, it's not just enough to take the gospel to the nations. They have to be ready to receive. And Jesus just said, nobody comes to the nobody comes to him except except the spirit that sent him draw them. And nobody and nobody and the spirit doesn't go to anybody unless God says, hey, him. The Holy Spirit not only has to not only has to prompt people to go, he has to prompt people to listen and to receive. But we no longer believe in the power and we don't move in the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We've been talking about it for the last for the last Four months we came back. We came back from a, a conference where we learned that the power of our touch, it, 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 they, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Mark chapter 16. We, we've been learning about what the Bible says. And, and the problem that we say, well, I, I've been I heard that my whole life, but I don't. Are we applying it? Are we not believing what the word of God says? Are we not believing that Jesus is the only way? Do we not believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost? If we don't believe in those things, then none of these things. Because Jesus said to him who believes about 50% of things are possible. Well, I know what you're thinking. He just did that on purpose because he wants us to say all. But you look at the church today. Not only are not all things possible, not only are not even 50% moving in the power of the Holy Ghost, about 90% don't even believe there is any power in the Holy Ghost. I wish I could say, no, gotcha, I'm just kidding. But our country is evidence on the fact that we have turned our way, turned our face away from a righteous God, got our eyes out of a righteous book, and taken our heart away from the Holy Ghost of God. Our country is evident. Our families are evident. Where are the praying, where are the praying grandmothers and the praying moms and the praying dads? Where are they at? D.L. Moody, before he would minister, and he wasn't what we would consider a charismatic Pentecostal Holy Ghost filled man. But while he was ministering, there was a group of a dozen ladies praying while he was ministering. Where in the world is that? 
Too many people get their notepads out and want to see how the, how the pastor mispronounces a word or maybe he misrepresents a scripture and, and he's going and he, and he gives the wrong scripture reference and they, have to put a, and they have to put a correction on the Facebook. Maybe you know, too many people are being critics and, and not, being, not being uplifting and holding and, and preparing the way of the Lord. Too many people are too easy in America to become critical and cynical when they should be lifting up the Lord and saying, God, bless him. He cares about me. He's putting it on the line for me. He's taking it to me. He's been praying for me. And every day, I guarantee you, every day, it doesn't matter if you're in this crowd or you're watching online, every day, my, my wife and I pray for you. Every day. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just telling you, there's still a praying a praying church. There's still a praying remnant, Pastor. There's still people that will pray and call out your name, your need. Whatever your need is, we'll call it out before God. We'll stand with you. We'll believe with you. We'll pray through until there's a resolution. We'll stand with you because we believe in the power and anointing of the Holy Ghost here at the river. Amen? Matthew 17, verse 14. I got it right. Much of the church is like this today. And when they had come, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's an epileptic and he, and he suffers severely. For oftentimes he falls into the fire and other times in the water, and oftentimes into the water. So I brought him to your disciples. But they could not cure him. Let me just tell my, let me just tell my, my Catholic friends one of the most pathetic things that I've seen the Pope do is come to a young man who was in a wheelchair. Now, for those of you who are Catholic, you believe that the Pope speaks at cathedral. He's Jesus Christ on earth. And he shook his hand and he splashed a little water in his face and he left him in the same condition that he found him. If you just open up your Bible, you don't, have to, you don't have to go get a Protestant Bible. You just open up your Bible and you'll see whenever they brought the multitudes and the sick to Jesus, he healed them all. Right. He didn't leave them like he found them. Right. And there's more than that. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You're going to get mad, but you're already mad. So I brought him to your disciples. <laughs> 150 churches in this area. How many have seen healings? I mean bona fide healings. How many, how many have, seen, have, have seen the lame walk? How many have, have seen the blind healed? How many... You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. If you don't deny that power, if I was in a church that wasn't seeing those things that God promised, I'd say uh, somebody's missing it. Somebody got it wrong. Well, those things don't happen for today. 
Show me one time in the scripture. Show me one time where Jesus said, I'm going to take those away and we'll see those again in heaven. In heaven, we won't need them. You got a, you got a church that's preaching that? You got a preacher that's preaching that? You might want to check and make sure you're planted in the right place. Because the Bible said, the Lord said, they shall recover. Shall recover. Well, pastor, I'm just going to stay home till I get well enough to come. Devil, make sure you ain't never getting well. Son, we know people, we know people right now, the devil's already tried to kill three or four times. Well, I better, I better stay away. Well, the devil's still trying to kill you. You see, he's roaring. He's walking around roaring like a raging lion seeking whom he may devour. And he ain't never stopped either. We've got to quit putting a, a nice face on the devil. He's a liar. He's a, he's a killer. He's a destroyer. Go over in, in, in the book of Revelation and, and look for the word Apollyon or Abaddon. The destroyer. I got to hurry. Brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Hmm. Sound like the church in 2020, doesn't it? 2021. Brought him to the church and they couldn't do anything about it. Oh, they got, they got crosses and they got this and they got that. You know, too bad most of them took out the altars and too bad most of them don't preach holiness, righteousness and, 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 and get being holy. Too bad most of them don't believe in the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. Too bad that, that people, you know, most of them have, have went to a, 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 more, a more secular doctrine than, 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 a, than a doctrine of gospel. Sorry, I'm not going to be the woke church. I'm not going to do it. Don't care. Sorry, not going to be trendy. You may come out here and I may be wearing camels here. I don't care. I may be eating some locusts for you. I tried to get Pastor to do that one time, gave him some crickets, and he passed. So <laughs> definitely do the wild honey thing. If you go into a if you go into a place only because the pastor's cute, you've got an idol. If you go into a place only because they they sang your kind of song and they 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 twang your kind of get fiddles and you got a, you got an idol. You don't have a pastor and you don't have a worship. I'm just throwing that out there. Nothing wrong with those things if they're done in order. Amen? I think the Lord created, created, he created music and he wants it to be used. But when you leave a church because you don't like that brand of music, you need to check what you're following. Just throwing that out there. If you leave a church because somebody else left the church, you need to check what you're following. You say, well, I'm, I'm going to leave that church. I don't want to. There are too many hypocrites in that church. I'm going to leave that church. You know what? It means that you left someplace where the Lord was moving you, and that means that the hypocrite now is closer to God than you are. Ooh, just let that sink in for a little bit. Let that marinate with you for a while. Then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? And how long will I bear with you? Bring him here to me. Jesus is ticked. Sorry for those of you who got the nice Jesus. He's ticked. The faithless and perverse generation. Dad going up, Peter, if you hadn't spent so much time on Facebook this week, you'd have been in my word. 
James, what were you doing counting likes? I told, I told you, that, that, uh, what are you doing counting that? that yeah, I'm, I'm the one that you got to please, not them. John, I told you to get out of politics. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing there that you're going to be able to do in politics. Follow me. Jesus didn't say take up your cross and go to Washington. He said take up your cross and follow me. Is this, is this, I hope, I hope this is a blessing. I, it, it was, it, y'all, y'all knew that God had something when you got here this morning, right? Did you go out into the wilderness to hear, you know, a reed shaken by the wind? What did you think you were going to hear today? This is meat. This is what the world needs today. We've got too many Christians that haven't moved past the milk and into the meat, and that's why they're floundering. Mm, I got to hurry. And, and Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. He didn't slosh some water in his face and whisper some Latin words and, and say, yeah, take care, be happy, be whatever, whatever, and die anyway. He, the child was cured. That's my Savior. That's my, that's my God. Amen. And he healed them all. Whew. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. You know, because he'd done rebuked them publicly. Don't want no more of that. The disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? You know, that is a good start-off point. That's a good leaping-off point for the church today. You know, the church in Warsaw today. Why couldn't we cast it out? Why aren't we asking that question? Maybe because our others are divided. Maybe because our, our affections are divided and we really, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a pill for that. There's a jab for that. How about waking up, church? How about asking the Lord, why couldn't I do that? Remember the song we used to sing a long time ago? If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. How about me, Lord? How about here, Lord? How about now, Lord? Why couldn't we do this? There's going to be a remnant church that's going to rise up and we're going to be a part of it. I'm telling you right now at the river, we're going to be a part of it. There's going to be a remnant that's going to wake up and they're not going to say, why couldn't we do this? But we're going to say, come out in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And Jesus did not cut any mustard. He just, because you don't believe. I have people all the time coming to me, hey, why can't why couldn't I do this? Why don't I get this? Why don't I you know and, and I have to and I have to tenderfoot around it, you know, I go, well, maybe if you'd read your Bible more, maybe if you just you know, maybe if you just let God be God, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered, you know. Maybe maybe if you just, you know, believe God is who he said he was, maybe if you just get in your Bible and quit like some fantasy novel, maybe if you just get in the word of God and say, Hey, you know what? I know this God lives in me, and this God's got everything, God's got this, and so I'm gonna go fishing. Devil come up around you. Try to scare you out of your out of your. Where are you guys? Where are you going to take the church? Where are you going to? You know, man, God's got this, That's right. right? 
devil tried to scare you. He tried to make you. He said, oh, so-and-so's sick. So-and-so's hurting. So-and-so's. Oh, God's got this. Let's let God be God and let his enemies be scattered. Amen, church? All right. <clears throat> Jesus didn't, didn't cut any bones. Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you that if you have faith as of a mustard seed. Now, remember, I told you I got this on Wednesday night, right? So I'm, I'm rolling right back over top of where, where Pastor was at and where, where, where Brother Rob was at. Running right back over top of this. This is the capstone because of our unbelief. You want to see miracles in your lifetime? Then get that way with the unbelief. You want to see miracles happen in it? Then get over into Romans chapter 10 and around verse 17 somewhere and know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you cast out. You know, fear comes the same way. You know, whatever you're hearing is what you're going to be giving attention to. I want to hear the word of God. I'd rather hear the word of God because that builds my faith rather than CNN, NBC, whatever, whatever, whatever alphabet soup you can throw out there because that builds in our lives and that and fear will paralyze us. As believers, we're not called to be paralyzed. We're called to be the army of God. We're called to be going out and laying hands on the sick and watching them recover. We're called to be casting out devils and we're called to be taking instead of giving. Give faith a grain of a, a size of a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, "Move from here, and it will and it will move." And nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, verse number twenty-one is a little follow-up. He says, "However, however, this kind doesn't go out." except through prayer and fasting, right? We're just not moving in the power of the Holy Ghost these days, right? Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came through Ephesus, and finding some, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much as heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, see, I could have changed that. And the Apostle Paul came through America in 2021, finding some people there meeting in a, in a place with a cross on the wall. He said, uh, he said have you, do, do you ha did you receive the Holy Spirit? And you know what? They could rightly say, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. The most prominent the most dynamic, the source of all of our power in, 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 in this age is the Holy Ghost, and most churches don't even recognize him. And he said to them, in, well, into what then were you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Oh, 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 the gospel of works. Do my good deed for today. All right, God, did my good deed for today. If I took 60 minutes of every 24 hours in this day, I would never be able to do enough good works to buy me one hour in heaven. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, Saying, that, 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 saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of, of the Lord Jesus. 
And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, came upon them and, and, they, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. America does not recognize the anointing or power of the Holy Ghost today. As a matter of fact, it's been made fun of. He's been made fun of so much so in the mainstream church that people are afraid to allow him to have his perfect will and his perfect way. And when you don't do that, then you don't walk in the power, the dunamis that Jesus promised. That's why we have churches that are impotent. That's why we have that people that are in church, out of church, in church, out of, can't make up their mind whether God's good enough to be with or not. That's because though there's no power and, and, and anointing being preached of the Holy Ghost of God. God, amen? amen. I know a guy that went to church his whole life in this community. His whole life into his 40s and never heard, never heard about the Holy Ghost. Now, if the Spirit that sent Jesus is the one that draws them to Jesus and you don't even know about that Spirit, can you truly be saved? That's a question for you. <clears throat> the church no longer recognizes the voice of the Lord. Got one more point, one more minutes. Got to hurry. The church no longer recognizes the voice of the Lord. Boy, this is. Uh... Well, let me just get over here. John 10, 25. I'm going to read this out of the NIV for you. I don't typically use the NIV, but I, I, I like this, this particular one. And Jesus answered, and Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me. But you do not believe because you're not my sheep. You don't believe because you're not my sheep. My sheep, Jesus says, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father has, who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The church no longer is listening or no longer can recognize the voice of our Lord. Now, I'm going to go into, into the last generation on Wednesday night. But I just wanted to let you know today, we are living in the lost generation. We have people that believe that they're okay with God and they're not if they would just open up the scripture and read it all, not just the parts that they want, the Holy Spirit would begin to reveal your way. You're out. You're out of the ark. And you need to get in the ark. Today, in this lost generation, we, even these, this, this is applicable to the church. It does not, does not even apply to lost people because it, the Bible is, is not written to lost people. In the church, we no longer serve only Jesus. We no longer believe the Holy Scriptures. We no longer move in the power or anointing of the Holy Ghost. And probably the worst 
one of all, we can't recognize the voice of the Lord. He's still speaking. It's just that we're not listening. You remember, and I'm done, I'm, 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 I'm closing with this. You remember when the prophet was up by the, up by the stream? It made him go into the cave of Machpelah. Remember the cave of Machpelah? made him go into the cave. And he said, I'm going to talk to you. And there came, a, there came an earthquake. He didn't hear God. There came a mighty Russian wind, and he didn't hear God. And then all of a sudden, there came a still, small voice. If we're going to hear that still, small voice today, one, we need, to, we need to quiet down things around us. We need to put to bed some things around us. You get that thing out of here, shut that thing off, turn that thing down, turn this off. Because God's still speaking. In the time that we have not been listening to God, what has he said? Did he tell us that there will be pestilences in the last day? Yes. Did he tell us that there would be earthquakes in various places? Yes. Did he tell us by this you'll be able to know the signs of the seasons? Yes. Why then should we be afraid and why should we be scared and why should we be alarmed and surprised by what we're facing? Friends, we're living in the lost generation. And we're going to show you there's hope. Wednesday night, if you can get here, this place ought to be packed up. If today's message has, 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 has reached your heart, then, then this place should be packed out Wednesday night because there's hope. I don't want to leave you without hope, but I want you to consider the points that we've given you today because there is hope and it may not look like what you're looking for. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you Wednesday night. Godspeed. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us here at the River, you can email us at study at riverwc, all one word, dot org. Again, that's email to study at riverwc.org. God bless you.